0: morning Hope. I like to say that. Good morning Hope. (laughs) Um, My message is the second of a three-part from what I did uh, the first time I spoke here. And so bear with me um, as we delve into this lesson. Uh, We left off where our hopes on finding ourselves as one of the team players in this body and as a team player of this body we realize that we have a part to play in this this whole scope of things here and so as I pick up the message um, I pick it up where we left off with each person doing his own part, knowing his own uh, place in the body. And that place is what God has called you to do, the gifts and talents that he's given you, the calling on your life, you may have been prophesied over. And now that you're in the church and some of you have your place in the ministry, some of you don't, you haven't figured out yet what it is that, that you should be doing and some of you have an idea but you're not sure when that's going to happen a lot of times God will call you into the ministry and it might be years it might be months weeks years before you step into that but while you're waiting to step into that there's a whole lot of other things that will take place before that takes place and one of the biggest things that came to my mind while I was putting this message together was there's one element that's going to cause you to really propel into what God has for you. And I was putting a bunch of words together and I remember what Paul said. I didn't come with a bunch of enticing words. So that kind of hit my heart a little. And I said, well, Lord, what is it? What is it that that I'm missing here is there some kind of uh thing that I'm not addressed here and one thing that struck my heart was was relationship you can have a call you can have a place in the church and we all have to we all want to grow and mature and be helpful in the church and um make this a viable uh strong church but until we have our moment with, with with Christ. Until we find our place that day where something special happens and we know that we know that we know that he's real. We know that we know that he's come into our lives and something has changed. I can remember when I got a prophecy years ago over my life, that I would be a pastor and a teacher. And so I told one of the leaders in, in the church I was in then, and they said, well, they asked me a few questions. He said, well, you better put it on the shelf for a while. You know, it might be, it might not be. And then one day I was at a convention, and I was walking down the hall, and somebody walked up behind me and said, oh, you're a pastor. And I turned around and said, no. <laughs> and she said, you will be when you grow up. So I took a couple more steps and I walked back and nobody was there. I looked and looked and there was no one around. I'm like, wow, that was crazy. And so I told my wife, I said, somebody told me that I was a pastor that I don't even see him anymore. So I don't know what happened. They could have ducked down the aisle or whatever. But all in all, I worried about that. I worried that God wasn't going to... I mean, God used used Regina and I to, to really work in people's lives at a very young Christian age. I'll call it a Christian age. A very young Christian age. And... A lot of people came to our house and to our lives, and we were blessed by them, and they were blessed by us. And we were in this big church, and we were serving, and all of that. But there was still something missing. I knew I had the anointing. You know, I woke up one night, and I'm laying there. And there's just like heat waves sitting on my chest. And I'm like, man, what it scared me at first. I'm like, wow, that's weird. But you know, I knew later it was an anointing. But it really scared me. But I still, there was still something missing. That connection that said, you know that you know that you know. Because, you know, when you become a Christian, you still have things, you know. And then sometimes they make you doubt who you really are. And so you'll go like uh, so I'm a Christian, but what's going on here? You know, I was young in the faith, didn't understand like I do now. But I've come to understand truly now that God has been with me all this time, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He's living alive, that His Word is living and alive. And so I don't doubt that anymore. I don't doubt that he's anointed me to speak. I don't doubt that the Holy Spirit is in me. None of that. Because I've had that revelation. And until you get that revelation, no amount of work you do is going to satisfy you. No amount of work you do is going to really do it for you to take you to that next place where you can really be effective for God. And, you know, you can't always choose that. You don't choose that time. God will. But one thing you can do in the midst of it is serve the body. You go, you come here, you know, and you you go to church and you sing, we worship, we hear a message and we go home. But when you go home, you've got to take the rest of this with you. You've got to come to a place where you spend time with, with, with the Lord when you go home where you find yourself in prayer, in uh, study, in relationship with the Lord. If you do those things, one day, he's going to meet you. He says, if you seek me and search for me with your whole heart, you'll find me. And so, today, I just want to... Start right there and work our way through this. i want to pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will be with us as you always are with us. I pray that this word will not come from me, but that the Holy Spirit will speak to every heart and mind in here and that everyone will receive what you want to say to them. Whether one hears one word or one hears another word, that whatever you want on their heart, that's laid on their heart, they will receive it. And I pray for everyone for the ability and the sign of my voice to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And so it comes to my mind, what do I really know about Jesus Christ? Because if I'm going to serve him... I need to know him. I need to know what his attributes are. I need to know what he thinks about me. I need to know what's connected me and him for the rest of my life. I know that he died on the cross for my sins. I know that he saved me out of my sins. He paid for my sins. He's the propitiation for my sins. Because he gave his life in my place because I couldn't pay for my sins. So I went, to, I'm sorry I don't have anything on the board, but if you want in your Bibles, you can turn to Isaiah 53. I'm sorry for the paper. It's just one of those days. Um, I'm reading this out of the King James, so you can follow along, but it, it shouldn't be hard. He said, "Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there's no beauty." that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from a prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken, and they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence. Nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. I'm going to stop there. It's easy to say that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and leave it at that. But it was so much more what God did for us. It was so much more uh, that was tied to this ransom which bought us out of sin. And we know the scripture that says you were uh, bought at a price. Your life is no longer your own. And for good reason, because we can't keep it. When I got the reality of the fact that aside from him, there's no church, there's no healing. There's no deliverance. There's no freedom. We're all just castaways. That God gave up a whole lot when he bought us out of sin. It makes me sad to realize that we don't give him enough honor we don't factor him in enough in even what we do for him or say we do for him. We're the church, we're the body and we we make him a smaller part than what he really is. But it's his spirit that works in us that causes us to do what we do. And so I've I found that God is so good that he's given us more than we even realize. The devil is much stronger than us. The devil is much more cunning. He's been around way longer. We don't know how long. But he gets in our lives and he messes us up and he tries to st- still our hearts so we can't love God. And so we come together as this church, as this body that God has empowered to uh, thwart the uh, works of the devil. And we each have our place in that part. But we have to mature into the knowledge of the faith. We have to grow in Christ. Because that's the common denominator. That's the factor that's going to take us to that next level. Yeah, I can do a lot of things on my own. I can do this. I can do that. But at the end of the day, I need to come in demonstration of spirit and of power. I can't just come with Michael. I'd be like the seven sons of (laughs) Sceva. And we know what happened to them. I'd be like someone that's speaking without a voice. I need the power of God, the anointing of the Lord, resting on me. And so I need to form that relationship with him that's going to take me to that next level. That's going to allow me to love the people around me like I really need to love. Them. I can say I love you, but that's all I love you with is what I got in here. But the love that the Lord wants us to love each other with and come together as a body and work as a wet oil machine is a love that only he can give us. And so our relationship with him needs to leave to not only be here, but it needs to leave these four walls and go home with us. It needs to be with us 24-7, because the devil walks around like a roaring lion all day long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And he wants to destroy this body. We keep hearing story after story about this pastor fell, this, this minister fell, this happened and that happened. We can never take for granted that he won't come after us. We can never take for granted that we know enough to keep ourselves. We can't keep ourselves. We have to give him everything that we have. You know, when I was studying this this morning, and this song came on, it's called None But Jesus. I think Brooke Frazier sings it or from Hillsong. You probably know it that was a really nice song because it helped me to really i think i played it about four or five times but it helped me to really center around the fact that only him everything we have in this gospel is through him everything that we count on is through him and so even though I'm, one is called as an apostle, one is a prophet, one is a pastor and teacher, one gifts of administration, one does this and that, it's only done through the Lord. From the littlest place to the biggest place, it's only done through him. And his, he is our only hope. How well do you know the leader of the church? How well do you know him? How much time do you spend with him? Do you love him? Do you know that he's everything that you need? And do you know that there's nothing more important than connecting with him? I myself have slowed at times and said, Well, I don't I'm not praying. My wife will get on my case, say, hey, did you read? Did you pray? And you go, wow, I'm too busy. I mean, I'm doing this and this. If I use the word tired, she'll kill me. I'm tired. You know, I worked all day. But there's people who work all day, come home, and before they go to bed, they pray. They give God at least an hour. My message today is just saying this. You can't do without him. You know, Paul the Apostle said uh, when he was in prison, oh, uh, he was taken into custody, anyway, but he was before King Agrippa, and he was telling him, you know, they're just jealous of me, and they, they want to, they want to kill me because I said Jesus raised people from the dead, that there is a resurrection, and the Pharisees didn't believe in that. This is the person they had killed before, and now Paul was serving him, and he was alive. And he said, when I got, when that, when that bright light hit me on the Damascus Road, and we were all knocked to our feet, and I got up, and he said, um, Jesus said, why are you persecuting the church? He says, who are you, Lord. And he said, I'm the one you've been persecuting. Aren't you getting tired of going against the grain? And and he thought he was doing the right thing. But he says, once I got the truth in me, he said, I didn't forget the heavenly vision. He said, I took it and ran with it. I'm using my words here. But he took it and he ran with it. He went. He got from some training. He went into the desert for three years. And Jesus himself, by revelation, revelation taught him. And, you know, that's another thing. You know, um, God God works with you. Don't think that you go home in your prayer time. Well, I don't know how to pray that good. If you just go home and read your Bibles, a lot sometimes for the Lord, the Lord will meet you. I can remember in my green days when I would go into the bedroom and just um, sit down. I'd put my Bible here. I'd put a a journal here and maybe another book or two. And I would begin to pray. And I wasn't the greatest prayer, but I would begin to pray. And then I I might might feel like I want to open my Bible, so I would open it. And it would open every, every time, it opened exactly where the Lord wanted to talk to me. It's like the Holy Spirit was there, and every time, even to this day, if I open my Bible and there's nothing significant there, I feel like I'm in trouble now. He'll do that for you. He'll be with you if you'll be with Him. And that's what's going to be the game changer in whatever ministry you decide to serve in. That's what's going to be the game changer. When you go to pray for somebody, something's going to happen. When you go to talk to somebody, people are going to hear it because the anointing is on it and God's going to bless it. And so even Paul said, you know, I didn't come in, like I said, in demonstration of, of, uh, I didn't come with just words. I came in demonstration of the spirit and of power. I know who I am, and I know whose I am, and I know what he's anointed me for, and I know what he's appointed me for, and so I'm loving life now. Even though it's hard work, even though they're trying to kill me, even though they beat me, even though I almost drowned, I still love Christ. I'm still gripped. You know why? Because. That love is deep in there. But bigger than that, he's got a revelation of who Jesus is. He's got a revelation of who the Father is and who the Son is. And Jesus says that truly is eternal life, knowing the Father and the Son. Have a relationship. Having your name, Jesus told the disciples when they said, even the devils are subject to us in your name. He said, don't worry about that. Be glad your names are written in heaven. God wants a holy church. God wants a righteous church. God wants a church that loves him and that allows him to love them. He wants relationship. This isn't rocket science. God will meet you wherever you are. You don't have to be a big prayer. You don't have to be a big uh, worshiper. He'll meet you right where you are. You'll Pretty soon you'll be singing songs to the Lord and those of you who know what I'm talking about, they don't even make sense. They're not real songs, but you sing them to the Lord. Anybody do that? I've done that so many times, I'm sitting there singing to the Lord, me, singing. I'm singing to the Lord. sometimes it'll be just like, "I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you." Just that. I don't know if He was holding his ears or what, but I would sing. There'll be other songs, too, that you just make up because you love him, because you enjoy being in that place with him. This is the game changer. This is where you really begin to serve. This is where you really want to serve, and this is what grips you. Paul said, I am gripped by the love of Christ. Woe be it to me if I don't preach this gospel Paul loved it. Even, even when, he, uh, even when he, the devil was uh, really uh, giving him a hard time. And he says, I prayed three times that uh, this thing would leave me. I was given a messenger by Satan to buffet me uh, for all the uh, revelations that I'm having. And he said, I prayed to the Lord three times that this thing would depart from me. But the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for my strength is made perfect in weakness. He said, I re- now realizing what's going on. He said, I really glory in my weaknesses. So when I'm weak, he's strong in my behalf and I always get to glorify him, always get to sing his praises because he shows himself strong on my behalf. The kingdom. It's not something that you, well, the kingdom is more of a surrender. You press into the kingdom by being weak. You press into God by being vulnerable. All those broken places, all those hurts and pains, all those times that people hurt you and whatever happened, that's where God wants to meet you. When you get on your knees and you say, God, this is what they did to me. God knows if you're hurt, this is what's going on with me. That's where he wants to touch you the most. And once he fixes that, it's always fixed. It's done. But that's where you learn how to trust him and love him, right there. Because he set you free. You know, it's not always the truth sets you free, it's the truth you know. You know. And so, God wants to do these things in us. Jesus, our Lord, should be getting our glory every day for what he did for us. The Bible says, seldom would anybody even die for a righteous man. But this man, even when we were in our sins, died for us all. The idea is to have an appreciation for him that will not quit. And it doesn't come by your strength. Your serving, mechanical, yeah, but the glorious serving comes in his strength. The glorious prayers come in his strength. The glorious love that you have for one another comes in his strength. And as you surrender more of yourself to him, you find you have more of him. You have more of the ability to pray. You have more of the ability to repent. You have more of the ability to love. It comes from him. So as we decide to be a part of this body and serve the Lord... Just know that he's divine and we're the branch. Aside from him, we can do nothing. We can't love each other. We can't come together, you know, in love and unity. We can put up a front. But if something happens, that could be a problem. But if we all walking in love, the love that he's talking about. Remember one time Jesus asked uh, uh, Peter, he said, do you love me? Now, those of you who are Bible students know that that was three different kinds of love, right? It wasn't just one kind of love. It went all the way from, do you love me just for hanging out? Well, do you really love me that we're here? Or do you love me with everything that you have? Lord, you know everything. So we can only love with the love that we have until we get the love that he has for us. And that's when good, that's when, that's when serving, real serving comes. That's when we're able to be an effective uh, fighting machine. Because I'll tell you what, we're soldiers. This is war, all-out war between good and evil. It's war. The devil wants to destroy you and everything around you. But we're not worried about our lives. Because we have a job to do, and any good soldier knows there's casualties. But the point of it is, there's a whole hurting world out there that needs us. We have to come together in love, unity, and the abilities and the spirit and power that God has given us so we can go out there and be effective and thwart the enemy's tactics against the world. So to do that, we're going to have to go after Christ like we've never gone after him before. We're going to have to, like someone told me one day, turn off that TV. We're going to have to turn off our entertainment, turn off some people, turn off some places, turn off some things. We love, we love him, but we stray like sheep. We st- and then we come back and we limp back and <laughs> sorry, God, I knew I was going over there, but I, I'm sorry now. You were sorry, all right. I was sorry, and I know what it feels like to come limping to God and say, I'm sorry for what I went and did. You know, I could have been studying. I could have been praying. I could have been reading my word. We've got to develop a zeal for that. I'm telling you. um, We've got to develop a zeal back for the Lord. Each of you know your limitations left alone to yourself. But you've got to know what the heavenly call is. You've got to know what the heavenly vision is. Paul said, when I caught that vision, I ran with it. I took it up, took it off. Because he had evidence. On that road, he met somebody. you can too. You can to meet him also. And you need to meet him. If you haven't met him. And you need to be able to say to somebody, I know. Somebody said, we're, oh what was that movie we saw uh, uh, you know what I'm talking <laughs> anyway uh, Lifeway produces it Priscilla Tire is in it you know it just came out yeah not War Room but the last one they just made and there's this guy here laying in the bed and he asks this guy he says who are you well my name is no I know your name who are you Well, I'm a school teacher. Who are you? He goes through all these things and at the end he says, oh, I'm a Christian. He said, that should have been the first thing out of your mouth. That should have been the first thing out of your mouth. Identify with Christ. You're, You're no longer citizens of this earth. You're citizens of heaven. Identify with Christ. Give him your life, give him your heart, give him all your hopes, your hurts, your pains, everything. He wants it. In return, he gives you himself, and that's more than enough for anything else you need to face here. And so as you continue to contemplate your place here in this body here, if God sent you here, he's faithful to open doors for you. The Bible says your gift makes room for you. And so as you come in here and you decide to participate, talk to leadership and say, Hey, I feel like doing this. I feel like doing that. I feel like God is calling me to pray for people. I feel like he wants me to do this or that. I told you guys in the first message about the jigsaw puzzle. If you miss one part, it's not even worth messing with. There's a whole, It would drive me crazy. Every part fit jointly together. That's what the body of Christ is. And that's what it has to be. And so, go and pray about your part. But more than that, pray for that relationship that you need to have with him. It doesn't work without it. You can play church but you know what you'll be doing? You'll come sometimes, you won't come sometimes. You'll 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 come s <laughs> you'll come sometimes, you will you will you will come you will come sometimes you will not come sometimes. Someone will cross your will cross you up and you'll get angry with them when you could say, you know, that's okay. Things don't bother you as much when you're in the Spirit. And you need to always be in the Spirit. But walking with God puts you on a whole nother level. Where you know that you know that you're His and He's yours. He's got your back. But more importantly, you're effective. We need effective soldiers. So when people come in here, we can be effective and help them. And we can also go out and minister to the hurting world. Amen? Amen. Amen.